welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, we have the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops, Tyler Robertson. Diesel has literally gone from the garage to growth to greatness and he's still moving onwards and upwards. Rather than hearing it from me, let's hear it from the man himself. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. And why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your journey from the garage to greatness and beyond with the listeners? Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. I mean, I, I can set the stage a little bit for the audience. I I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I had a wife that, you know, she didn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. And uh, I, I quit my job, worked there for over 10 years, made six figures a year and did this thing. And I didn't really have a lot of plans. Uh, I was just, Hey, dining room table, garage, let's go do a thing. I had a part-time hustle that was starting to starting to go. So uh, I thought I could make it work. And I can tell people here a little over seven years later, I got over 230 employees. Now we'll do about 75 million in revenue this year. And we bootstrapped it. We did it. We did it. I think the untraditional way now uh, growing the company. So we just, it's, it's been an absolutely crazy ride. Um, it just, it's happened so fast. It feels like it was yesterday when this, uh, this journey started. Yeah, I, I could only imagine. And with the toughness that we've been, that we've gone through the last few years, but taking it all the way back to even before you started the journey, how did you muster the courage to, like you said, you had two young kids, you have a family, your wife is working from home. A lot of people, they get to that point and they back up. So, and this for me is a great learning tool. And also for the listeners, what was it that enabled you to take that jump? Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I was, uh, <laughs> I had my side business going on. Well, I mean, just to explain to you my life at the time, right? So I'm getting up at five, 5.30 every day, driving to work, working for somebody else, coming home around four, 4.30, having dinner, hanging out with my young kids I want to spend time with. And I was working on my side business till 10, 11 midnight. Right. And that was, that was yeah. like every day. And it, it, it was a grind and I was doing it because I was making great money. I loved it. Um, wasn't good for my family. I uh, wasn't good for my kids. So, uh, but I was going to keep doing it until one day, the, the owner, the, the person I reported to at the company, the owner's daughter, she comes to me and says, great news, Tyler. We're going to, we're going to give you a raise and double your bonus this year. I'm like, well, that's, that's odd. Cause I just got my bonus. You just gave me a raise a couple months ago. Yeah. So what's going on? Like, yeah, you need to quit your side business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta quit that. Or, or what, what if I don't? She's like, well, then yeah. we're going to, we're going to fire you. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a serious thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I talked to, I think I do what a lot of people do. They go to the people they trust. I, I went and talked to my dad and I, I still mm. give him a hard time about this. My dad's like, man, quit your side business, sell it, get rid of it. You got stability over there, like go for it. Yeah. And 
Um, it was really my wife that really was the one that was like, Hey, why give it a shot? Right. Like we have no debts. That's one thing I tell people all the time. Like they're like, how could you do this? I'm like, well, I had no debt. I had no bills. I had money in savings. Yeah. I, I had runway. I could, I could afford to, to take a risk. And um, someone asked me, they go, well, what's the worst case if it doesn't work out? I'm like, well, worst case is I go back and get a job for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like too bad of a worst case. I'm yeah. like, oh, definitely. like, you're right. It's, it's not right. So once you talk through and talk to people and, and you, I, I think I did a, a good job of setting the stage for success where I, I didn't have to go. I, I knew I didn't have to go make a ton of money right out of the gate. Cause I had that runway, I had that safety net. Yeah. I had, I had no debt and, and people sometimes miss that, miss that aspect. And, uh, I tell people all the time, look, I got, I got 10 years of paid training in my profession, in my industry to go yeah. do this thing here at, at Diesel Laptops. So it's, uh, it's worked out well. Beautiful. And one thing that you said there that really like my ears pricked up when you said that was you went and spoke to your dad and like a lot of us that, you know, we're starting that journey, we're starting a business or wanting to do this at your family. They really want to keep you protected. And that's really what it comes down to. But no growth happens within that protection barrier. You have to be able to break out. So yeah. you went against what your what your father said. You listened to your wife, which is a great person to listen to, by the way, in this yeah. instance, and are reaping the rewards. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thirty six when I quit my job, right? So usually, usually in people's lives, you take those risks when you're in your twenties because you have time <laughs> to like recover if it doesn't work out, right? Um, I just did it like a different way, a slower way, I think, than a lot of people do. A lot of people don't quit their job and start become business owners in their mid-30s. It's usually before that, unless yeah. some events happen in their lives. And that was just, I was, I, I look back at it now, I was like, man, I had the right experience, the right knowledge at the right time, and the right mm. educational and, and professional experience to go do this thing. So I was just really fortunate that all these things kind of converged at one point in time. Uh, and they put me in a, put me in a great spot. There was few people on the planet that, that had the knowledge I did in the industry that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was happy working for someone else until I was unhappy working for yeah. someone else. So I always tell people, man, that, that me being asked to quit my job, that was the, at the time it was the worst thing that could happen to me. Mm -hmm. I felt like, but in hindsight, I'm like, man, this is the best thing that could possibly yeah. happen to me. Yeah. And it's like Steve Jobs says, you know, in his speech where he goes, you can't see the dots looking forward, but looking back at it you can see that it creates this beautiful tapestry. It's like with injuries, I've broken my arm, I've had knee reconstructions, I just stopped playing football, stopped fighting as a result of that. But each part along the way, even though it was yeah. negative at the time, it enables you that growth. Well, I'll tell you two of the worst times in my life that turned out to be the best things in my life. Mm. So time number one is I'm in college, my dad's paying the bill and I, I failed out. I didn't go to school. I got bad grades. They said, Tyler, you need to go. <laughs> and at the time when you're 20, you're like, man, my life's over. I've screwed up. I just became an adult. And I've already, yeah. I've already, I've already like, I've already blown a hundred grand of my dad's money at college, yeah. right? Like this is <laughs> not a good start to my life. Uh, but because I did that, my dad uh, had started another business. He was, he's an entrepreneur. He owns businesses and it was had to do with mm -hmm. commercial trucks. And that's how I got involved and learned about commercial trucks, which is the, the industry that mm -hmm. I'm in now. And in hindsight, like, man, that was a great thing that I got kicked yeah. out of college. That turned out really well for me. <laughs> um, and then the other one was, is my family eventually sold that business to somebody else. And I went to go work for that new, the new owner of that company. And I got fired. It was the first time I've been fired from a job. <laughs> and again, you're like, man, this, I, I suck. Like I'm the, the first job I have is my family doesn't give me and I get fired from yeah. like, this is horrible. And you had to go tell the wife, like, by the way, I got, I got fired today. 
but in hindsight, that was the best thing that happened to me again, because that made me really have introspective and really mm -hmm. figure out what do I want to do with my life. I want to stay in this field. I found a headhunter found me online, got me a bunch of job offers. And that was, that's what got me to South Carolina. And in South Carolina, I met a lot of great people that work for me now. So I look at all these things, like you said, that tapestry, it, it's, yeah. it's just those things that you don't think are great that end up being absolute blessings in disguise. Yeah. And that's really the way life works sometimes. Yeah, and that's really the way that you have to look at it is, you know, you can look at it one of two ways. You can go, poor me, poor me, or you can go, okay, that was yesterday. Let's keep moving onwards and upwards. And it's paid massive dividends for you. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I take those lessons today a lot, right? So for example, we have a lot of employees that started with us just doing warehousing and now managers, right? And they don't, they don't, you don't learn skills to be a manager just through osmosis. And it's a lot of coaching yeah. and teaching. And one of the hard things I know a lot of our managers struggle with, and I don't think a lot of people do is, is firing people. Like mm, no one definitely. likes to do that, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's a sucky experience. The other person is the table, you're destroying their life, all these things. But at the end of the day, I always tell people like, look, they're, you're doing them a favor. Like they're, they're not yeah. succeeding here. They're not winning here. They're in the wrong position or they have the wrong, like it's not right for them long-term mm. and it's hurting the company. Like it's just yeah. not a good thing. And it sucks for both sides, but they're probably gonna be better off in the long run mm. going somewhere else and going to a different company and finding, finding where they succeed. So, yeah. I mean, I know plenty of people that we've unfortunately had to part ways with either they chose to, or we chose to. And I still follow them on LinkedIn. I still see them on Facebooks or friends. You know, yeah. They're doing great. They're, they really, it, it sucked at the time, but now yeah. they got jobs they love. They able, they move somewhere that they love. Like it just, that's life though. You just, you, you can't get stuck in the past worrying about stuff. You just got to be like, yeah. all right, something bad happened. Yeah. Now I got to go figure this out and be a better person for it. Yeah, and that that's a key part that you said right there is be a better person as a result of it. You can't be sour with it because like you said, it's, it might be just holding you down as opposed to yeah. moving somewhere else, give you that fresh perspective and be able to truly blossom. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had no idea like how underpaid my dad was paying me working for him <laughs> until I went to go work for somebody else. I'm like, Oh wow. Like I, yeah. I make a lot more money. And then when I got to go work for another company, cause I got fired and had to, had to go move somewhere. I'm like, wow, this got way more opportunity, way better mm. weather, more opportunity now for my kids to live down here than versus up there. And yeah, like you just, everyone's got to think positive. And that's what we look for in employees. Like yeah. I, I, I have every new employee that gets hired, comes sits with me or is on a zoom meeting with me for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I can tell you like, it's a handful out of a hundred that, that sit down and you can have a conversation with them and you can tell they are passionate, driven people mm. that want to go further their career. And I'm like, I don't even care what you do for me now. I yeah. know that person's going to be awesome at our company and the things they do. And we get so many success stories over there of, of people doing that. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's the kind of drive though, that you want in people to be better oh, for sure. And that affects the culture of the company. And that that's what we're all about with this podcast, especially is learning from what worked, what didn't work and how people may be able to adapt things in order to improve their culture, because, you know, you have a winning culture, you have a winning company, people are willing to stay more, do more, put more effort in. And it just creates that, that bond. It does. I mean, culture, you know, people can put, you know, use their company name with a bunch of acronyms or put things up on mm. the wall. Right. But that's, that's not, that's not culture. 
culture is you know the leaders the company and what they not what they say but what they do and how they act and the the things they put forth right and you know for me the for me the big thing with our employees is like why why are we doing this like what's the point of us existing why are we here Mm -hmm. and it's not to make money like that's the byproduct of why why we're here to do these things it's the end result like why are we doing this right so we talk about it all the time over there and this is why we're doing things and uh, the, the powerful thing with why is not only your employees rally behind you and believe in it and mm-hmm. they'll, 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 they'll die on a hill for you, but your yeah. customers start to believe in it. And your customers yeah. are like, yeah, man, I'm buying from you because I believe in what you're doing. And yeah. I want to, I want to do business with people. They're going to help me and help my industry. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard thing to get across to people. And just, it takes a lot of time, and a lot of passion. Yeah. And it really comes out in your DNA as well. And like you said, it works from the top down and the DNA, the passion that you have obviously for your business, and then it works its way down. Every layer wants to have that passion. So that, as you said, the customers, they feel that passion and then they have that along with you. So it's no longer going like this, but it's walking side by side with them. Yeah. I mean, seven years ago, I had I had no brand name recognition. Nobody knew who I was. I'm, I'm competing against billion dollar companies. Today, yeah. I got people on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram posting pictures of getting our product and how happy they are about <laughs> it. Right. Like, like that's that. And to me, that's like so powerful because yeah. once you have the culture and people understand what you're for, you're building yeah. a brand. And at the end yeah. of the day, I always tell our employees, like, you know what wins? Like it's not marketing dollars. It's brand. Whoever mm. has the brand name is who wins in this space. Like I don't, yeah. when I need something, I don't go on Google and search for um, I, you know, I need batteries. I go to Amazon, like Amazon's yeah. the brand, you know, like I, I just know where to go. Like you, you, those things are ingrained in you. And that's, I can tell people now too, if you go seven years ago, all my traffic to our website was paid search. We were out there paying money to get traffic. Yeah. And now our number one source of traffic is organic and organic is diesel laptops. And yeah. my competitors are trying to like use my name on their pages for <laughs> SEO. Right. And, and it's been seven years and it, 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 it in one sense, people say it's seven years a long time. Another sense, it, it's really not in the in the mm. course of a business or a career, um, and it all goes back to culture. Though you got people all, you got to get people rolling the boat in the same direction, beating the same yeah. drum, understanding why we show up to work every day, and when they know that, they act differently with customers. They make better decisions. Mm. They they have the they they know where it's going, so they can make it the proper decision. It's just an integral part of the business. Oh, hundred percent. And word of mouth is the best way to do it because, as you said before, it was paid ads. Word of mouth, not only is it doesn't cost you anything, but when you hear from a friend, oh, these are laptops, they do this and you just go, it becomes a no brainer for them to come and search you out. Yeah. So, I mean, our core product is diagnostic tools, just for the audience, diagnostic tools Mm. that hook up to diesel powered off highway and on highway uh, equipment, right? So back in the day, we we used to do a lot of YouTube videos and showing people how it worked and webinars and all these things, Mm. because we're like, well, you have to show them what the product is in order to sell it. And that's what we thought. Yeah. And I can tell people today, we sell 10 times as many and we hardly ever show them what it does. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, what it, how it works, right? It just, it just matters what problems it solves for them. Yeah. And do they trust your company and do they trust your brand and the things you're going to do for them? And that's what we really rely hard on. And we're able to sell very similar products in our space for 30 to 40% more because we provide a lot of value and people trust and we're going to stand behind what we sell and we're going to take care yeah. of you. We always say, once we have you as a customer, you're, you're probably never going anywhere else because I'm going to take so much better care of you than everybody yeah. else. And again, we have billion dollar competitors in our space. Com- names your brands, your audience might recognize like Bosch, 
Snap-on. These are mm. these are big billion-dollar companies that do a lot of things, and that's who we're competing against every day. And we win most times, so yeah. it's a, it's a good spot to be in. It, that must be a great feeling for you as well that your your employees and you employ over two hundred people now, and just for for it to filter all the way through and to be able to give that experience above and beyond what the billion-dollar companies do. Yeah. And it's the part I've really enjoyed a lot is as we've grown, just seeing the opportunity we've created for employees. Right. So mm. a quick story for the audience. Um, I needed to hire my first employee. Like I was in my garage doing things. I'm like, I just need someone to help like box up and tape up boxes. <laughs> I bring them to the UPS store. Like I don't got time for this. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was a kid in the neighborhood. He was 18 at the time. He had, uh, he had to finish homeschooling for high school and do his GED and all that stuff. And he was working at a local, local pizza place, making pizzas and subs and, yeah. you know, piddling around at community school. So my, uh, he lived like seven houses down. I ended up hiring him, never showed up on time for like the first three months. Right. <laughs> it was only like seven houses down, like literally walked to work. Um, but I, I can tell people like what I noticed was about six months in he's, uh, he's like, Hey, can I take the next sales call? I'm like, what do you know about sales, man? You didn't talk to no, you, what do you know about any of this? He's like, I've been listening to you. I, I goes, I think yeah. I can do it. I'm like, Hey man, next call. You got it. And I, I rings my cell phone, hand him the phone. Lo and behold, the guy, he closes him on like $6,000 sale right on the phone. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah. you, you do know. There we go. Yeah. So I can tell people now though, I mean, he's, he's been with me since the start. So he's, he's uh you know, 25, 26 and uh, he's our director of operations. He's got a ton of people that report to him. And the dude's gonna be like a millionaire. There's, there's like, yeah. he's already on that path. He's like driven, focused, making great money. Um, and, and those are the types of people though, that once they believe in you and they understand, they want to be around, mm. um, they'll, do, they'll do amazing things for you. And sometimes you just got to give people opportunity to do that. And it, it comes out of places you don't expect. Yeah, and showing that initiative as well to stand up to you and go, Tyler, let me do it. Let me, let me have that next call. I, I know I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, we got so many stories like that with people just starting in one role and now they're doing something completely different for us. Mm. And, but they were, they were definitely people that were driven. It goes back to what I said earlier, those conversations new employees, I can tell in five minutes, which one of these employees are probably going to either move up fast with us or find another job somewhere else. Cause we can't find yeah. a role for them. It, it's so obvious and clear when you talk to them and they just need opportunity. There's, there's so many talented people out there um, I you know here in the United States, there's 10 million open jobs right now. It's hard to find mm. people. You have to not only pay them well, you have to create a great culture. You yeah. have to, you have to make sure they have a career path going forward and, and do all these things and just make it a great place to, to, you know, hang out with. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what we try really hard to accomplish. Cause, and that's really where this podcast came about with COVID, with everything that's, that's gone on globally with the great resignation. It sort of got me thinking about, well, People are resigning, not because they're not getting paid, not because of the job, but a large part is because of the culture. They feel underappreciated. They just feel worthless. And that's why I thought we could really celebrate companies such as yours that have that great culture. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, and I don't want the audience to get me wrong too. Like we, we've had plenty of bad managers. We've had growing mm. pains. I'm the entrepreneur, shoot from the hip. Let's go do fun stuff. And we'll worry about the rest <laughs> of the stuff later. I mean, I had an HR nightmare at one point and I had, yeah. I had all kinds of problems and they, they can be difficult to overcome. Mm. Uh, but you just, you know, we made decisions and everyone's going to go on their own journey, figuring it out. Yeah. And yeah, cause that, that's one thing that I love learning about because we had a quick chat before I hit record just to make sure that it was all right, that I sort of went down this path. 
but going yeah. from the garage to one of the top 500 growing companies worldwide, you obviously, well, you're going to hit road bumps along the way. And how, what was some negative culture and how did you overcome that to grow your business? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. <laughs> uh, so like story number one is um, we had, we had a sales department and our sales manager, he's, you know, guy in his sixties in Kentucky, I'm in South Carolina and we're hiring a bunch of like college kids essentially to work the sales phones. Yeah. And um, it turned into a locker room talk pretty quick. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we have a Slack channel, right? So all of a sudden, you know, they start putting derogatory comments about other women that work in the company and sexual comments mm. and, you know, like, yeah, guys, we can see the private Slack channel. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, and you got to terminate those employees. Like you can't, you mm. can't sit there and make excuses. And it was our, our highest, our highest revenue generating sales employee at the time. or like, sorry, like, I'm not going to tolerate that type of behavior in yeah. our company. That's not, that's not the right thing to do. I, I wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, you, you got, I'm sorry, you got to go, right? Mm. Um, so we, we had situations like that. And I think once you address things like that, it sets the tone and sets the message for people on what's acceptable and, and what's not inside a company. Yeah. Um, I had another employee, she she decided, she was like employee number seven. She decided it and she worked in accounting and HR, really HR more than anything else. And she decided to start embezzling from me by putting fake fake, fake employees back on payroll <laughs> and and forging my signature and forging the, the fake employee signature and depositing money. Like she stole a bunch yeah. of money from us. Um, and it was hard because it was one of the employees like been there almost since the start. She mm. was the one that would get up every Christmas party and talk how great of a company it is. Now she loves working there. Mm. And that's the employee that ends up stealing from me. Right. Yeah. And she was in a bad financial spot. And if she, she would have came and talked to me, I probably just would have gave her a loan to, to yeah. help her over the situation. Right. But she chose to go down a different path. And again, I, you know, we're, we're not going to tolerate it. We're, we're going to, you know, set an example and file police reports and press charges and, mm. and get, you know, she got arrested and all those things, but, um, you, all those things happened because I only cared about sales and marketing. And I said, screw it to everything else. HR, accounting, culture, like just sell more stuff, sell more stuff, (laughs) sell more stuff. And that's, that's the price you pay though. But, and and that's okay that those things happened to us. Mm. It was just, I needed to make sure I learned my lesson and started to understand how to be a better company because you keep, we kept getting stuck at different revenue levels. And I, I think any of your audience that owns a business they know when they hit a plateau, like yeah. boom, they hit a revenue level and they just cannot get past it. Yeah, no matter and what they do. No matter what they do, like it's because they can't work enough hours, they can't do enough things, they're putting on fires mm. all day long, they're in growing pains, right? Mm. And those are some of the most difficult things to, to overcome because I had to learn to adapt and change. Like, okay, I can't be this entrepreneur who walks around, does everything. I got to go hire and trust people yeah. to go do these things. We got to do strategic planning. And that was a hard cultural shift because it's not this entrepreneurship kind of cool thing. Tyler's going to lunch with me. It all yeah. of a sudden became a more structured thing with vice presidents and senior vice presidents and mm. planning. Um, but at the end of the day, we're like, look, if we want to grow as a company, like we have to do these things. We can't, we can't operate the same way and we got to pivot. And I, I can, I can also tell you like going through that process, we lost some employees. Um, mm. They didn't like what we were becoming. Um, some of them couldn't grow with us and change with us. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are hard decisions that you got to make as you grow, but it, it all comes down from the top still, man. Where, where are we going? Why are we doing this? Let's yeah. go rally the troops and, and some get with it. Some don't. Yeah. So it, it constantly goes back to that. Why that you were talking about earlier on, why are yeah. we doing it? And not for the money, but what can we do? What problem can we solve and how can we help our customers enjoy working with us? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no wrong answer either on why you do something, right? Some people, their why is like, I want to build a company to sell it. Some people it's like, I want to go change the world. Some people it's like, I just want to help farmers, whatever it is, it's fine. But people, people need to understand you need to base your business decisions off that why. Mm. And your employees need to understand what the why is. So they'll understand the decisions and where you're going. Like nobody wants to be on a bus or a train where they don't know the destination is. Mm. So we got to be, we've tried to be very clear with our employees. Like, this is the destination in five years. And, yeah. and this is this year's destination. This is where we're going to get to. This is what we're going to rally behind. And, mm. and here's the plan on how we're going to get there. Yeah. So being transparent, because as you said, if you want to build a business in order to sell it, you're going to have a different mindset to if you want to build that business to keep it going, to create that legacy for your family or for the employees. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you're going to go sell it, yeah, you're probably going to go issue some shares of senior executives and then there's going to be some buyouts and there's a, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Yeah. You decide to keep it. Yeah. There is no pot of gold guys. We're going to keep this thing <laughs> in the family for the next 50 years. Like, yeah, there's going to be, you're probably not going to get some equity, but you're going to get paid really well. But yeah. you know, we're, this isn't, this isn't going public and you're not getting your you know $5 million payout, but you're going to do, yeah. be taken care of pretty well in the meantime. And you're gonna make a different decisions. You're going to make more long-term decisions. Mm. are going to be much easier to make versus I'm going to sell the company in two years. You're probably not giving a crap what happens years three, four, <laughs> five, and 10, right? Because you're, you're in yeah. that window. So yeah, people, people really need to be clear on where, where's the bus going? Where's the train yeah. going? <laughs> and what's it look like? Cause yeah. you totally make different decisions. Yeah. And I, I love that where it's you and you get the employees on the bus and say, and I know you're in the, in the diesel area, say if the bus breaks down in, in this metaphorical bus, instead of them getting off and blowing their hands up, they're likely to help you push the bus yeah. to the destination. Yeah. That's so, I mean, we have, what you want with you. It, it is. I mean, we have strategic plans that we go through and we follow up every single month with all the departments on their plans and where they're at, are they behind, are they going forward? What more resources, what can we cut? So it, that was one of the biggest struggles we had though, is just getting everybody to understand, like you have a department, you may have a plan, that plan needs to line up with my plan. <laughs> so <laughs> so line, lining up all these plans is yeah. difficult uh, to say the least. I mean, we're we're at year four now of doing strategic planning and we're still modifying and changing things and, and doing mm. whatever. But I can tell the audience, like the plan we set two years ago, like we're ahead of. Like we, a couple of years ago when we were doing 45 million in revenue, I was like, man, we wanna be a, we wanna be a hundred million dollar revenue company in three years. And we're like, wow, we gotta go, we gotta go more than double our business. <laughs> okay, by the way, 20 million, that needs to come from new business that doesn't even exist yet from new products, right? Yeah. So I, I, I've been blown away this year on how well the team's executed uh, behind us. Like, it, like we had, I, I think we only budgeted to do like 65 million this year and we're gonna hit 75. So it's just, it's, just, it's just insane well, once, you get, once you get things going. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a fast moving locomotive, right? Yeah. And like my background is all about sports. So for me as well, it's about making sure the team, they know where the end, end line is in yeah. gridiron or American football. They know what, what end zone are they running towards? You don't want half of the team running that way, half of it running that way and half of it sitting down drinking their Gatorade. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, strategic plans, everyone's got a goal for the year. <laughs> there's, mm. there's no doubt about it. So yeah. everyone knows like, these are the things we expect you to accomplish this year. And it's in front and center of them. And I've been in organizations before where there was no real strategic goal. It was like, Hey, the work comes in, the work goes out. And that was, that was about the end of, yeah. end of what I needed to make clock sure in, I accomplished. Yeah. Like, and that's a lot of the employees, you know, that was their mentality too. Like, all right, I'm here for my job. Now my job's done. I'm going home. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot different when people understand the goal and they believe 
and the why of what your company's doing. All of a sudden they're working nights, weekends, they're willing to like do things for you that you're not even asking them to do. And you feel bad yeah. that they're doing, but they, they want to do it because they believe in, they believe in what they're doing. Yeah. And it's a really powerful force uh, when you get there. Yeah. And I, being CEO of people that are like that, that really has to like warm your heart and warm, warm your insides that people are willing to go above and beyond for you and for the company, for diesel laptops. It's, it's the weirdest thing. When I worked for somebody else and there was like after work events, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going back to my family. <laughs> like today, today I got invited to, you know, they were like, Hey, we got to, we're doing, one of the employees is doing a Halloween horror movies after work on Friday. Right. And they invited a bunch <laughs> of people, invited me. I'm like, that's cool. One of our employees, he does, he does uh, amateur wrestling. Right. So yeah. like 40 employees showed up at an amateur wrestling event to cheer them <laughs> on and do those things. That's so, cool. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really, it, it, it's, and we, we try to encourage the managers say, go, go kart racing with your, with your employees or go bowling mm. or go, go do something beyond just grinding away at work. Like people that yeah. just, if people just show up for work, cause it's a job and they get a paycheck. They don't put forth the same effort, get the same productivity as people that yeah. actually enjoy showing up and are excited to work and excited yeah. to do these things. And it's, it again, hard, it's hard. It's hard to get everyone to do that. Not everyone does it, but we got a good portion that does. Yeah. And to all the listeners out there as well, it's nothing that happens overnight. There's not that magic pill where you can do it, but you slowly chip away at it. Like you said, you've, you've had the instances where you've had to let people go, but it's been a five, six, seven year journey for you to get to this point and still moving forward. Yeah. The one thing I realized a long time ago, someone said, Tyler, if I walk around your place and I ask employees, why we do business, why do we exist? He goes, what am I going to get? I'm like, you're probably going to get a bunch of different answers or a bunch of like, I don't know. Right. And I, I know, I know you won't get the exact same answer from every single employee when you walk around, but most of them will be like, yeah, this is why we do this. We're here to change an industry. We're helping help these people. We're going to make this, make this thing a better place than it is today. Um, and yeah. they'll tell you different variations of that. And that's the message we talk about all the time. And every time we launch a new product, a new service, we do YouTube video updates with employees every month. It's always like, let's start with our why guys. This is yeah. why we're doing this. And yeah. here's all the, here's all the things that we're going to do to, to backfill it. Yeah. I, yeah, that that just makes me feel warm. And I'm on the other side of the world from where, where you're at. But hearing companies, hearing businesses where they really get all their players in together. And as you said, it's not just together at work, but they're going out there supporting each other with their sports, with wrestling, going go-karting. That's a place where I know I'd love to go and work. Well, I'd like to be just surrounded with that environment, with that culture. Yeah. I mean, we try to do the things, right? Like food trucks that come in during the day. I mean, you talked about COVID a little bit earlier. COVID happened. We turned one of our, one of our office rooms, conference rooms, because we didn't have people there as much mm. into a, uh, to a classroom and we hired a teacher and parents could bring their elementary age kids to work and have a teacher there for free. So, you know, we're, yeah. I, I think we always try to put the employees first, right? We, we mm. understand very hard that we need to keep our turnover as low as possible. Every time in my previous life, when I worked at other companies and saw other business, other divisions or competitors or, or, or companion companies have poor divisions, every single time it was high turnover. Like, yeah, mm. we flipped this department around four times this year. You're like, okay, that's not good. And then, yeah. and then you go to the departments that are just winning and succeeding and having record revenue. And it's usually like, well, we've all been here 20 years. We know what to do and we're executing. Yeah. Like, it's really a common denominator if people really look at it from that side. Yeah, because you look at the cost that you have every time you have to get a new employee. It's not just a cost of training them, but it's the IP that the employee that was there takes with them, the relationships that they have that they take with them. 
that's all so expensive and time consuming as well. It's the time for me, right? So if Mm. I have to go fill a new role and I approve it today, we know it takes about 30 days to fill a role. And then we got to get them in there and train them. And usually depending on the role that could take up to six months. And all of a sudden I'm like, great, I'm seven months in before I get, I start getting out of you what what I need. Yeah, Yeah. it just, it pushes you so far back. So a lot of times now what we've done just to hedge our bets is hire two people for new roles. Mm -hmm. So we've gone to build our own online content for training and we needed course authors and they wanted to hire one. I'm like, no, 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 hire two. Because if we hire one, it doesn't work out. I am not, I am not postponing this thing six months. Yeah. Like we need, we need to keep the ship moving fast as possible here. So hire two, we can afford it. Uh, Hopefully they both work out. If they don't, at least we're somewhat uh, de-risked. Yeah. And I would, I'm very conscious of time because I, I really appreciate you spending the time with me. And so Tyler, something that I love to ask all of the guests is what's three pieces of advice you'd like to give a 15 year old Tyler with the experience that you've got now. And I tell people a 15 year old, you not your kids because your kids will go, Oh, that's just dad saying that. Oh, that's just mum saying that. But what advice would three pieces of advice would you like to give? A yeah. Yeah. Tyler? Yeah. Yep. So, so number one, I talked about me not having any debt. That was because I made a lot of stupid decisions in my, in my twenties that that gave me a lot of debt that took a long time to get out of. Right. So if I could tell my 15 year old self, I'd be like, do not, do not go in debt. Listen to Dave Ramsey, (laughs) save a bunch of money. Cash literally is King. Nobody, nobody goes into debt and gets rich. Like that's, that's, that's like a myth that people, that people believe it's, it is not true at all. Right. And it, it creates way more risk on your, on your part. So I would say that's number one. Number two, uh, I, I probably should have taken more risks earlier in my, in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Not financial risks, but probably professional risks. Instead of just being content, doing my job, enjoying there, I should have been looking to expand myself, get certifications, do more training, do more things, um, and just, just keep bettering myself a lot earlier. Like I started to do more of that in my 30s now in 40s, but man, I'm like, man, if I would have done that earlier, I would have been, <laughs> yeah. man, I'd be, I'd be miles ahead, miles ahead at this point. Um, and I, I'd say the other one when it comes to when it comes to business is just just don't take a risk you can't afford to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I see people throw all their eggs into one basket and roll the dice. You you don't need to do that. It's this is this yeah. is a marathon, not a sprint. All yeah. right. So yeah. So just take your time, <laughs> cash flow things, take risks, but don't take one that's going to bankrupt your company or put you in a really bad yeah. spot. Yeah. So take that educated guess, that educated risk. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent, man. I mean, I, I mean. Like I can take million dollar risks today because I can afford to lose that bet. I mm. could not do that four years ago. <laughs> so, so four years ago, like a hundred thousand dollar risk was a big deal to me, right? So your yeah. risk meter does change as your as your scale changes. Mm. Um, but that's okay. You still got to know where that line is. And you still got to know when when you know wh- when not to cross it. Yeah, that's great advice for a fifteen year old Tyler. That's great advice for a twenty year old, thirty year old, forty year old, fifty year old, sixty year old. <laughs> Just know your limits. No, yes, you what you can gamble with and what you where that line is. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh don't go play a bunch of crypto kids. Like just just go <laughs> like you're <laughs> like put a little money over there, but just go seriously, but, put it in an index fund. Like just put it yeah. in an index fund, let it grow at its eight percent a year. You'll you'll probably make way more money than than crypto or whatever the yeah. new hottest thing is, right? For sure. And Tyler, as we wind this up, who would be your ideal client? And also where can the listeners get in contact with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm actually really excited about Australia. We actually sell some product in Australia. You guys have a lot of big mining operations down there. They're all run with diesel powered, right? So, yeah. yeah. So anyone that, anyone that owns or runs anything that's diesel powered on highway or off highway, 
we're, we're your, we're your huckleberry, man. We're, we're the guys that got all the solutions. We package it up nice. We'll, we'll save you money. We'll save you time. That's really what we do. Um, and to find me, the best place to find me is LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn, search for Tyler Robertson, I've been posting since day one on there uh, about my journey at diesel laptops. And uh, it's, it's been a fun place. And I still continue to post on there on all the things we're doing. Beautiful. And Tyler, again, thank you very much for spending the time with us. I know I got a lot of value from it and I'm sure the listeners will as well. And also I know a couple of people that are in mines, both in WA and up in Queensland. So I'll be pushing it towards them especially, but uh, Tyler, thank you very much for spending the time with me and the listeners. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks again for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful chief operations officer, human resource manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.